The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Each week, the Pet Buzz provides the latest news and information on how to keep your pets healthy and happy so you can save money and have a fulfilling relationship together. Now, here's your Pet Buzz hosts, Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Hey, greetings from Florida. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. You know, Dr. Flack, I was just doing some research last night, and I can't believe how many people are moving to Florida. It used to be like 500 a day. Now it's like 850 to 1,000 a day. Number two, and the net movement to Florida Mm -hmm. is even more significant. Because people aren't moving out of Florida. They're just moving here. Into Florida. But here's the good thing for you, don't you think? People are coming to Florida and bringing their pets. They are bringing their pets. And I'm seeing many, many more coming from New York, Texas, even Texas, from Michigan, from New Jersey, from California. So I could see California. I don't know why people would want to move out of Texas. People love Texas. It's a big state. We have listeners in Texas. There's no state income tax. It would be like moving out of Nashville. People love it there, too. It's, it's job opportunities that may be here that weren't offered in Texas. But here's the big deal. The big deal is hopefully a lot of these people who are coming are bringing dogs, which means that hopefully we'll see a transition with more dog-friendly accommodations, more friendly activities, and more friendly places like parks and camping grounds and just local little local regions like for example we have a dog park here hopefully we see more dog parks that might might be helpful of course you know what my thoughts are about dog parks and spending time in dog parks anyway i mean there there's a great opportunity for passing infectious diseases there right too. And, we, and we talked to and i'm the so I'm, i mean you know when we talk about more dog parks it's a mixed bag yes i think it's good that there's more opportunity that actually makes more opportunity less for the for the pets as it is for people to interact with each other. Yeah, I mean, we've had, you know, we remember not so long ago, we had uh, Ray Kaplan on and he talked about hookworms in dog parks. And you've yeah. said that many times before. OK, but I got something else that I want to talk about with you today, because I think this is really interesting. So what do you think of the name Yankee for a dog? Yeah, I think it's OK. OK, well, that name caused quite a big amount of controversy in one family. So the pet parent wrote about it on Reddit, explaining that their family's not American, but their sister's boyfriend is. And he was pretty surprised to find out they named their dog Yankee, something he deemed offensive. I know. I know you're rolling your eyes. It's like squinting up your face. He said he was put off with the name and he thought it was offensive. And he asked them to rename the puppy. After initially telling him to grow up, the sister's boyfriend explained that the name was so awful. It was essentially a slur against Americans. And you know what? I always say I'm a Yankee who lives in Florida. Well, the dog owner told him he was crazy, but he wanted to find out what other people thought. So he asked people on Reddit what he thought. Okay, yeah. So someone wrote, yeah, it's definitely offensive. It's definitely a slur. And that's why we have an entire New York Yankees baseball team and a Yankee candle and a Yankee doodle. And you know what? Not only do we have the song, but we have the Yankee doodle doodles, you know, those yeah. chocolate with the cream that by hostess that everybody likes. 
You know, another comment was, where the heck is he from? Boston, you know, the Yankee Boston Red Sox thing, making it a sports thing. One person said, your sister has managed to find the only American who thinks the term is offensive in any way. Well, I support everyone's opinion. You can name your dog whatever you want. And moreover, who cares what the sister's boyfriend thinks? He's not even part of the family. Well, first of all, the guy needs to take a chill pill. I can't believe that he's wonder what other things he finds offensive. Um, It's this whole like you say this all the time. It's that whole like if I don't like it, it's wrong. Right. Right. Cancellation. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. But what's what's going on with people these days? Just enjoy each other and, and just enjoy what other people enjoy. For themselves. Having a dog. Having a pet is marvelous. It's great. It's not. And it's not. Fraud. I mean, the whole thing just kind of freaked me out. I read about yeah. it this morning and I wanted to bring it up because there's a whole bunch of dogs names that I don't particularly care. People think my dog's names are strange. People are like, what's Morrow? It's yeah. that Italian river. You know, I named my dogs after rivers. Hudson, Thames, Rhone, Ty, and Morrow. Yeah, that's your own personal right. choice. Now I'm in an English statesman phrase oh with Churchill, Walsingham, yeah. and Walsey. Okay. So Church, Wally, and Hammy. There you go. Yeah. So my next dog, probably Vicky after Queen Victoria or Lilibet after Queen Elizabeth, right? right? You had Studley. Yes. Now somebody would say that could be offensive, right? I don't remember Maybe anybody saying you, it. No, but now if you had Studley, <laughs> yeah. do you think they would think it's offensive now? Do they think you would think you, it was a sexist name? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever have it? Did you ever date anyone who thought the name of the dog was offensive? No, everybody I dated loved my dog and loved the name. And they loved you. Yes. yes. For a while. <laughs> okay well that i I love that chat well we got to talk about the show so tell us what's in the fourth segment canacious college dr christy hoffman and aspca's melissa tebow are joining us to talk about their national research about pet ownership and acquisitions during the pandemic and then remix the dog and his owner chris harris are joining us to discuss being a social media influencer on the Miami dog scene. And of course, we have our features like my flex facts, celebrity pet buzz, global pet news, and the I likey of the week. Love, exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. season for love but what if your pet doesn't feel the same about a potential new partner what if there's no spark so let's chat about this topic with sarah and reed no relation well i'm not sure yet she's a consulting <laughs> holistic dog trainer and healthy paws pet insurance and foundation she's here to talk about navigating the world of dating with pets welcome to the pet buzz sarah ann Thank you, Dr. Flex. Thank you, Charlotte. It's fun to be here. (laughs) Great topic. Oh, yeah, it is. It's an interesting topic, that's for sure. So these days, the first few encounters with a new love interest don't involve meeting at home, but, you know, out and about. Yeah, you like us meet for drinks, meet for coffee, meet at a restaurant. Yeah, but once your love interest comes to your home, how do you introduce that pet to the new partner? 
I would recommend before you even consider them bringing your date back to your house, asking them, especially, of course, if you have a dog, to join you on a walk with your dog. This helps break the ice on neutral territory. And then once you do invite them into your house, make sure you ask your date to text when they arrive rather than knocking or ringing the doorbell because that's going to trigger your dog. Pop your dog in another room before they arrive and invite your date in, ask them to sit down, get them settled, and ask them not to acknowledge your dog as you walk them into the room. The key is keeping everything as calm as possible and setting the whole situation up for success. Okay, so that's a lot of direction. Okay. I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of direction. So so we have to we have to really, you know, we have to really discuss this, I think. So for example, like I think when you meet somebody, it's a great idea to tell them you have a dog and and say, look, you know what, we're we've been getting along. The dog's part of my life. So I think you know, before you come over, we need to talk about a few things because we we want, you know, in your case, Poopsie, you like to use the word Poopsie, mm. the name Poopsie, Poopsie to like you. Uh, and the most important thing is to kind of have it calm and and make sure you both feel comfortable. We want to be honest. You like pets? You don't? Goodbye. OK, well, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, look, I'll, I'll admit it. Like, you know, when one of my dogs met you, he bit me. Right. She bit you. She bit me. She bit you on the leg. I tried to smooth it over. No, like, she didn't. She, she bit me on my finger. She bit you on the finger. Yes. She, didn't she grab your pants leg? That was afterwards. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of <laughs> like, you know, Sarah Ann, we're up against a break. So hang on with us and, and come back and we'll pick up the conversation in our next segment. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. You have to take care of your dog's mouth, but don't you hate the brushing session? It's so difficult with him squirreling around, trying to get away, gagging on the toothbrush. Well, Tever Brand's Twist and Lick Oral Care Gel is a solution for a brush-free, no-hassle system that helps you take care of your dog's mouth with ease. All you have to do once a week is twist the bottom of the container and let your dog lick the gel. Featuring prolonged technology, the active ingredients are time-released, combating tartar and plaque, whitening and brightening teeth, and contributing to fresh breath. Bottom line, now you and your dog can share fresh kisses with Tevra Brands Twist and Lick Oral Gel. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. And we thank Tevra Brands for being a proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. You're likely listening to this at home, in your car, or somewhere warm. How would you feel if you were left in the bitter cold all night long, chained up? Please, take your dogs inside. Your dog is not going to be smarter or tougher because you made him suffer. Your dog is your partner. Treat him like a partner. If you're not respecting your animals, you're not respecting yourself. Do not leave your animal out in the cold. Please visit PETA to learn more. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. www.epi-pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. 
exciting and new. Hey, we're back on the Pet Buzz with Sarah Ann Reed talking about navigating the world of dating with pets. Okay, so talk about you had a question about balancing relationships, right? Oh, boy, you're going to love this one. <laughs> so how do you balance the relationship with your new partner and your pet, especially if he or she is a bit apprehensive, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 How, how are you going to do this? Yeah, it's really important that your dog still feels included as they did before. So I would recommend making sure you take them out on the same amount of walks. They get the play time that they're used to getting. Um, all the same activities, right? The same snuggle time and just slowly include your date, your new love into those experiences. So it's not a, a huge change. It's more gradual. And then your date gets comfortable with your dog and your dog gets comfortable with your date. The other thing that can be really key is, you know, talk to your date about your dog's personality. Um, what do they love the most? What makes them feel uncomfortable? What are what's your dog apprehensive about so that your date doesn't make any mistakes without realizing it? Right. And let them know, hey, if something happens, um, I'll I'll step in and handle it. You don't need to worry about it. And then it takes the pressure off your date and they can just have good experiences. And of course, like you said, Charlotte, that high value treats is key. Make it a great experience every time. OK. <laughs> So here's up. Here's what I'm thinking. OK, I'm thinking oh, you, it, it's like it's like, you know, people hook up faster these days. Right. It's not like, <laughs> OK, let's just be honest. I'm being honest. OK, so I'm thinking like the date comes over. Right. And what do you do when if he's coming over? Like maybe you'll be sitting in front of the TV. Right. It, let's say having a pizza date. Right. It's kind of a like, you know, it's like a Wednesday, you know, you're not really going out for the, you know, the drinks or the dinner. Yeah, why waste so, the weekend if you don't know her? Right. Right. Gotcha. So, no, like, well, I didn't say that, but oh, I just okay. said you guys are having dinner. You're having pizza, watching TV. Right. You're sitting next to each other, but not, you know, there's some space in between because you're like relaxed. You know, you're just like watching like a TV show kicking or back. H, kicking back. Right. OK. Um, and you're watching, you know, a good movie. Yeah. You know. Like heat or chick something. Flick? No uh, chick flicks. I didn't say that. Or okay. like, you know, Julian Fells Gilded Age or something like that. Yeah. You know, okay. Not a James Bond movie. Yeah, definitely not a James Bond movie. So what happens? Like you're sitting there having a good time talking, and all of a sudden the dog jumps up. You know that's gonna happen. Right. Hey, you know what? So we're improvising here a little bit, right? Yeah, so improvise. You know what we didn't think about? What? Well, there's two people. There could be. Two pets, one from each. How do you handle that one? Oh, what if the pets don't like each other? Well, what if, yeah, yeah, what if the pets what about, don't what's the deal? like the people like each other? What if the pets don't like each other? Like, what if one has like a canine corso and then the other one has like a little toy dog? Yeah, it, again, the answer is like really slow introduction. And I recommend keeping both of the dogs on leash until you know that they're comfortable around each other, right? Because if you go ahead and drop those leashes, it, it, it can be an accident waiting to happen. Sure. And then that love interest is gone in a heartbeat because they're afraid of their dog getting hurt again. 
Yeah, especially if you have a big I mean, if she has the canine Corso and he's got the Maltese, I mean, come on, that's like, you know, and then they're watching and the pizza and then she gets up with the canine Corso or he gets up to go to the loo. The canine Corso could care less about the Maltese. He eats his pizza. Or what if she has the canine Corso and he has a pussycat? Yeah. 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 I mean, these are yeah. all like really good scenarios. Yeah. You're going to have to do some more research. Yeah. You're going to. Yeah. <laughs> present it to there's us. More, there's more problems. I mean, well, you know, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great having you. I mean, it I was don't, fun. <laughs> it was fun. You know, it's kind of funny because it's like after Valentine's Day. So, you know how people always wish they had somebody to meet on Valentine's Day, <laughs> go out on Valentine's Day or they meet somebody at a party. And then it's like, hopefully it's not downhill from there because <laughs> all these people adopted pets during the pandemic. Right. Yeah. So and now like things are they're not going back to normal, but people are trying to get out more. So, you know, and like Sarah said, Sarah Ann said, a lot of pets aren't socialized, you know, I mean, and a lot of people are just starting to meet each other because they've been doing this whole Zoom, right? Like yeah. meeting people online, you know, they haven't really like put their toe in the water and like started meeting in person. So, you know, I, I think after like this Valentine's Day, people will be like looking to start, you know, getting out there. I think, you know what I think a perfect for first date is for two dog owners, because we're living in Florida, is to go to a nice big park mm -hmm. and walk and really, you know, I'm not saying have a picnic, just have like a dog park or a park date. You know, each of you bring like some coffee or a soda and you spend about 30 minutes in the cold walking around. <laughs> and that's like, right, because it's cold. Yeah. Right. It's enough. You walk around and you, you know. You want to look your best, of course, you know, so, right. You want your dog to be looking good. But this was my one last tip. Don't have your dog dress better than you. Right. <laughs> Especially if you're a girl. I always oh, think that boy. was a downhill. That is so right? true. That's like a downhill <laughs> thing. Right. Don't you think, Sarah? Yeah. Like, don't have like. If the dog has like the cashmere $5,000 sweater, <laughs> don't have your dog looking better than you, right? Yeah, you guys are making it complicated. Do you like pets <laughs> or do you not like no, pets? No, we talked Real about simple. that. Real simple. No, we're not making it complicated. These scenarios exist, right, Sarah? That's right. Sarah Ann, they <laughs> exist. Mm -hmm. They exist. So it's, some, it's kind of some of the things you thought about, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Ron didn't bite you about mm -hmm. it. She should have mm -hmm. bit you bigger. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Sarah Ann, thanks so much for joining us today. Before you go, give us your website. Yes, it's HealthyPawsPetInsurance.com. Thank you so much, Charlotte and Dr. Fleck, for having me today. It's been a pleasure. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Brace yourselves for big news. We're going to the place where all the action is. It's time for Pet Buzz Celebrity Pet News. The most sensational news. Fantastic. I'm so excited. You, you, you ready? Here's pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. Another loss for Vanessa Bryant, Dr. Fleck. Hmm. She's mourning the loss of her beloved dog, Crucio. 
Mm. You know, last Friday, Brian announced that the news of Crucio's death in an Instagram post, which featured photographs of her late canine companion. If you recall, and I'm sure you know this, Vanessa lost her husband, Kobe, and her daughter, Gianna, in a helicopter crash, which also killed seven others. You know, they just dedicated a statue to them. No, I didn't. Yeah, they had a statue built. It's in this and really where the site was. And so many people came for the ceremony. Well, anyway, celebrity friends like Chris Jenner and Lily Collins wrote, so sorry, Vanessa, we're sending you so much love. You know, after losing so many dogs and, of course, our cat this last year, we know how important it is to have friends rally around us. Absolutely. So important, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, you want to be there when you they you want your friends to be there when you lose a pet and then. You also want to be there for your for your friends. That's a great statement to make. Ever wonder what goes on inside the Pet Buzz studio? We post full-length video versions of all of our guests on our YouTube channel. It's not just part of our name. It's our philosophy. Hunter's Healthy Treats are all natural and soft, baked with no artificial preservatives, corn, meat, or soy. So they're even safe for pets with allergies. From our yummy peanut butter hearts to sweet potato recipe meal toppers, every ingredient offers a special health benefit for your precious pooch. Plus, our treats are sourced and baked with love in the USA. Hunter's Healthy Treats, inspired by love. Your pet will taste it in every bag. Online at Hunter's HealthyTreats.com. Hunter's Healthy Treats, another proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. So, I just moved in with this family, and it's embarrassing. The little one, he likes to go outside and crawl around in the giant litter box. I don't know what he's doing. I mean, I was born, and I knew how to use the litter box. That's disgusting! I really hope he grows out of this, for his sake. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! So, Dr. Fleck, what are we talking about today? You know, I feel so sorry for the Bryans. So much loss in their lives. And it's difficult to get away from it, especially with all the media scrutiny. Mm -hmm. And that's why I want to talk about or provide pet owners with tips about euthanasia. I think that's a great idea. So what do you need to prepare? I mean, probably the most important thing to prepare is your own sense of awareness of what you're going to be going through. It's important to recognize that this is final, but it's final in two different ways. It's final for that relationship that you have existing between the two of you, but it also is the end of the pain and suffering that that pet is going through. You know, I think that's a good point. And even before, I think a lot of pet owners have to prepare mentally to put their pet to sleep, right? They totally have to prepare for this. It's a very huge thing. And we're fortunate that we have the opportunity to prevent the pet from continuing to go through unnecessary pain and suffering as we can't with people. So it's almost a blessing or a celebration that we can do that. Of course, we don't think that at the time because we're thinking of ourselves, but all we have to do is look into the face and the eyes of our pet and recognize that we're doing them the big favor. I mean, I read somewhere that it's always a good idea to celebrate a dog's life the day 
before you go and have the euthanasia or just kind of have a celebration of life that you're together. Give him his best day ever. Yeah. How many times have I had somebody say, yep, I cooked a big steak for him or I took him to McDonald's or I took him this place or I took him that place or they got a mall. It's whatever people feel as though that that way they can express that final part of that relationship with them. And the people are going to have to feel good. The pet parent, they're losing that individual. They have to feel good about this. We know what we're going to be doing with the with the pet. You know, I remember when Thames was dying. Yes. I took him on a long car ride. Yes. I drove from our house all the way to South Sarasota and back. And he sat in the front seat and he was excited. I had the window down and then eventually he fell asleep and he kind of jumped back up. But it was a it was a great day. At that point, he wasn't eating very much. So it's all personal. Yeah. And whatever you feel as old as as the pet parent, that that way you'd like to finish up that relationship before they're with you no more physically Mm -hmm. because they're going to be with you mentally. Right. But as long as they're not going to be with you physically, you should feel comfortable to do whatever you choose. Okay, so let's talk about scheduling the euthanasia. When's the best time to do that? Well, I suspect it depends on the veterinary office, but we never schedule that final act when other pet parents are in the office. We like to schedule it either at the end of the morning or the end of the day patients. So that time can be just for them and also so that other people don't have to experience that pain because they will. So either at the end of the morning or the end of the day for the schedule. You know, it's funny you say that because I was at your office last week and you were putting a cat to sleep. And I walked in and um, the pet owner was so upset. Yes. And, uh, you know, I remember giving her some tissues and and telling her I just lost my cat, too. And, you know, she grabbed for my hand. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I just felt so connected because I knew exactly what she was going through because I had been there earlier. It's a very difficult time. And people reaction, just like you did, that's so important. And, you know, one of the things I was so touched by was that she had brought the cat's favorite blanket. Mm -hmm. Do a lot of people do that? Some do. Again, this is personal between each individual, each pet parent and the pet. So if, if it's felt as though that bringing that special blanket, bringing that special bowl, using the special collar or harness, whatever it is, if that makes the pet parent feel more comfortable bringing the pet with themselves, then that's what should be done. So Dr. Fleck, what else should you bring with you? Well, most veterinary officers are prepared for this because this is a very difficult time for the pet parent and for the veterinary office, might I, I might add too. So, you know, all the things that you would have uh, in mourning uh, are usually available at the pet, pet offices, but Anything that you feel as though that is a very personal touch that you'd like to leave with your pet before you leave from the office after, after the pet has been euthanized. Yeah. I mean, I know for me, you know, and being, you know, at the office so many times seeing people, I think a lot of people get choked up. So it's always a good idea to bring some water, you know, and then of course you said the veterinary offices have tissues. But I thought, you know, just having water, whether it's whether you bring it along. So just in case you get choked up or your throat gets dry or, you know, your eyes because you're crying. And, and you know, you need to predetermine what you would like done with the with the remains. 
before you come to the office. And most of the time that's really worked out in conversation with the staff. When you're scheduling that appointment. When you're scheduling the appointment okay. for it, yes. But you remember that most pets are cremated these days. The remains are cremated. And then those remains can either become available for the pet owner afterwards, or the choice is not to have any of the remains. If the remains are are there for the for the pet owner, that's usually called a private cremation. If they're not there, they're done in a communal way. So the remains are not available. Some people would like to have the remains. Some people wouldn't. So that has to be predetermined before you come to the office. There's some that would like to take them home to bury them, to bury the remains. And that's a wonderful choice. Sometimes there's some rules and regulations within the county right. for that. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you that I don't know any regulator, no government official, no police officer would ever really entertain disrupting a burial. You know, I'm going to change the subject for a second, but, you know, it reminds me of when uh, because we the first time I went to Key West was was, was with you. Mm -hmm. And then uh, later on, I took a tour of Hemingway's house. And mm -hmm. one of the things that was so touching was that Hemingway had these various, you know, uh, little cemeteries mm -hmm. around the property where he buried all of his and he was known for having cats where he buried all of his cats. And now even with the fact that uh, people are doing pet funerals, mm -hmm. you know, they invite their friends and or their pets friends and they celebrate the life of that pet. So, you know, I'm really glad that you brought this up. I think it was uh, it was a tremendous thing because. Um, well, it, you know, we've even had interviews where people would like to have their pet buried with them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's accepted by some of the cemeteries that has to be all pre-planned before something like that. Sure. Is done and too. that's really a state. That's a state matter, because as we and then we're, we're going to wrap this up. But, you know, that was one of the big problems with uh, Leona Helmsley. She wanted to be buried with her dog trouble. Yeah, this is always a difficult subject to deal with. Right. But at the same time, I, I, I like to point out that it is a celebration. Mm -hmm. It's a celebration because you have the opportunity in your last efforts with your your loved one to not let them go through any more of that awful pain and suffering, which is really great. Anything else, Dr. Fleck? I think that's enough of that before the tears start coming. And that's all the Flex facts for the week. That was tremendous, Dr. Fleck. Tremendous. I'm really glad we talked about that. I am too. Very heartfelt. And I think we could hear that in your voice. Very difficult, difficult for the pet parents, terrible for the veterinarian, terrible for the veterinary staff. Emotional. Yeah. I mean, I know how hard it is for you. I mean, I've seen so many times after, you know, maybe a, a week with lots, many euthanasias. It's it, you get you grow up with you grow up with neighbors. Okay. You see the kids. Well, the pets don't live as long as the kids. So unfortunately, we see that growth from when they're little puppies or little kitties. To the time that we have to make that yeah. that final event. And you know, it's so interesting. You mentioned kids like, you know, you think of yesteryear. Everyone knew the kids. Not so many people know the dogs. Now people know the dogs yeah. and not so much the kids. So sometimes they like the dogs better than the kids. Well, we're going to be back in a buzzworthy moment. When we come back, we're talking with social media influencer team remix the dog and Chris Harris about the pet brands they love. Okay.
It's genius. It's the die for. I like it. You know, training matters for all dogs, especially for young ones like my seventh month year old dog church to keep training fun and enjoyable. I motivate him with Hunter's healthy treats. There's no corn, no wheat, no soy, no preservatives, no added flavors or food coloring in these treats. Church loves them because they're soft baked with healthy ingredients like pumpkin, peanut butter and sweet potato. Train your dog to give him the best life with the best motivation. Hunter's healthy treats. Need more buzz? We've got plenty more for you on our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We call it Pet Buzz Plus. It's the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. So remember, Pet Buzz Plus. So social media influencers are the people, brands, and personalities online that spark discussion, inspire action. So joining us today is Chris Harris to talk about he and his dog Remix. Look how cute that dog is. I know it. Are a team in the burgeoning world of canine influencers. So welcome to the show. We're so happy Thanks to have you me. here on the Pet Buzz. You like schnauzers, Dr. Fleck. You used to have some, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I did too. They're amazing dogs. <laughs> for for a segment of my life, I had a number of schnauzers. Sure. That was great. So tell us about our dog Remix and how you got started as social media influencer. Yeah, for sure. So Remix is an eight-year-old miniature schnauzer. I actually picked him up in Niagara Falls, Canada, eight years ago. And uh, I'm actually Canadian originally now living in, in Miami. And um, I think like, like many dog owners, when they first get their first dog, he was my very first dog ever. I never had one as a kid growing up. I got him with my, my girlfriend at the time. And uh, just like any new dog owner, we ended up taking a lot of photos of our dog. And I think what happens is you realize that you're starting to bug your friends a lot when you're, you're just kind of filling up your, your own personal Facebook and Instagram feeds with your dog. So we ended up creating a, sec- a separate Instagram account for him just kind of naturally, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't meant to be anything. It was just meant to be a place to kind of put our, put our photos up there. I ended up, I I happened to be a photographer actually as well. So I I was a concert photographer in Toronto for many years. And I used to just love taking photos of this dog. And one day my girlfriend decided to dress him up like a DJ. His name is Remix, right? Um, You can kind of see where the the name kind of came from. Uh, You know, we're big music fans. So we just thought it was a sort of a fitting name for him. But uh, she decided to dress him up like a DJ one day, and we took the photo, posted it, didn't expect anything of it. And then the next morning when we woke up, uh, he ended up going viral overnight. So Elle magazine, Glamour magazine, Mr. Porter magazine in New York ended up reposting him. Wow. And that's just kind of how I kind of how things ended up taking off. Was his name Remix before? Or did you change it? No, it was it was a Remix before. Funny story. I did not plan on naming him Remix the day we um, we were going to pick him up. So the day before, um, we actually had planned to name him Dino. We actually thought it was just kind of a cute name and we were big uh, Flintstone fans. So Dino just kind of <laughs> made a lot of sense. And then uh, we even have a dog tag that says Dino on it still from that day. And then the night before, it was really weird. I, I had a dream where I was shooting a concert and a DJ was telling me that, you know what, it would be really cool if your dog's name was Remix. And then I woke up that morning being like, I think that's actually a pretty cool name for a dog. And I've never seen one like that before. So it just kind of happened. <laughs> you know, I'm sure a number of our listeners don't understand what branding is in social media, for example. So yeah. how do you describe 
the remix the dog brand it's funny that you mention it as brand because uh so on my day job i'm a brand marketer and i always thought it was kind of fun building an online image and personality for my dog especially just knowing that very well that he is just a dog in real life and has absolutely no idea what's actually going on <laughs> but uh, i think it all kind of happened naturally to be honest with you once he went viral he ended up kind of being known as like this cool music inspired dog that somehow was taken off kind of in like the fashion sphere a little bit almost like a fashion influencer so uh we just kind of went with that so he's kind of known as that dog that dresses up on occasion we live in miami now so he lives this really interesting miami life yeah and, i was gonna um, ask you yeah. about that because i know you live in the miami area so how does miami influence your post on instagram and facebook for sure i, I think it influences it a lot um, what I've noticed is that, you know, as as being an influencer on on social media, you try to be different as much as possible. And I don't think there's a lot of dog or pet influencers out there that are actually based in a, a sunny vacation spot like Miami. It's not sure. like a very common place that I guess a lot of people would be posting from unless you're actually there on vacation. So he's just kind of that dog that lives that that fun Miami life that we try to do. <laughs> now, I'm wondering, since Tom Brady is retiring and they <laughs> him and Giselle have a house in Miami, well, will Remix <laughs> be hanging out with the elite? I mean, let's face it, everybody who's cool, Dwayne, Wayne, I mean, everybody's moving to Miami. I mean, they're getting out of the north. They're moving to the south. You know, yeah. Miami's <laughs> cool. I mean, we know it's expensive. We just had Art Basel. So, I mean, yeah. you know, hey. <laughs> you know, hey, we got Remix living in Miami. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I mean, it'd be really cool. I mean, uh, we've had run-ins with some celebrities here and there. I am, you know, like uh, Howie Mandel, for example, from America's Got Talent. He was in town not too long ago. But uh, yeah, I think uh, if, you know, Tom Brady or someone wants to hang out, we're, we're totally down <laughs> to do it as well. Want a dog date somewhere? No problem. Talk about the brands you work with. I mean, what do you like about them? How do you pick them? For sure. So, I, I mean, we're we're pretty choosy in the brands that we work with. I mean, one of the more important things is that we try to be at least true to our followers, very honest with them as well, and try to pick brands that we do believe in. So, um, you know, in a lot of cases, the ones that really fit well with Remix are things like dog clothes. Um, there's a really popular brand in Canada called Canada Pooch that we've worked with in the love past. It. So we love, love it. Love yeah. it it's kind of an ongoing thing. I mean, there's, there's always new brands that we're open to working with and talking to as well. I think a lot of it, um, like many people living at home or working from home during this pandemic are used to, um, you know, like are actually getting uh, interested in like home decor or furniture, those type of things. So we think that it'd be really cool to start working with those type of brands as well. So what advice would yeah. you have for people who are trying maybe to gain a following? Yeah, I, I, I get asked this a lot. And I think the biggest thing is to try to be yourself as much as possible, but also kind of find your niche a little bit and what makes you different. Because um, in a lot of cases, like it, anyone now that gets a dog or a cat or a pet of some sort, they always make an Instagram account for them now, but they all tend to look the same. It's a lot of copycats out there. And I think the biggest thing is for you guys to try to be as different as possible. So for example, with Remix, we found our little niche of like his little personality um, a thing that we we kind of specialize in too is just high quality photography that makes us really different too. Like it, I almost kind of use him as a my my creative muse in a way. He's sort of my 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 little muse now for for at least getting out there and taking my camera out and taking some cool photos. You know, I think photography is really interesting in social media because, especially on Instagram, because you're right. I mean, I think high quality pictures 
also lead to more views. So people want to see that. Honestly, you can be anywhere from a macro to a micro influencer. So anywhere from 5,000 to 10,000 followers, you can still be an influencer in a sense because you're considered a micro influencer. And in a lot of cases, you actually have a lot more influence and engagement from your following because you're a smaller account that, you know, honestly probably reaches a lot more on a personal level with a lot of people. The reason that people are following you is probably because they know you a little bit more personally. So that's one thing to note is that you can always be considered an influencer no matter how big or how small you are. And it just totally depends on on what you're posting about. Yeah. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Before you leave, remind us of your social accounts. It's super easy on Facebook and Instagram. One word, just remix the dog. You'll find us. Remix the dog in Miami. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hot place that everyone loves to go to. You're in Miami. I am. You should try to hook up with Remix. You should come hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Hang out. Hang out with Remix. Middle of the week. Definitely. Well, you know, I you know, it's 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 great having Chris on because you really start to, you know, these are the next new people or, you know, new combos, you know, people and their dogs or people and their cats. Mm -hmm. But I think Chris gave us a lot of good tips if you're interested in being a social media influencer. But once again, like Chris said, you don't need to copy the style. Everyone has their own distinct style. Absolutely. You know, but it's nice having that fabulous backdrop in Miami. You know what I mean? It's kind of cool. Okay. Well, just to remind you, that was Chris Harris talking about his brand uh, and his dog remix the dog. So we're looking forward, I think, to keep in touch with Chris and see what him and remix are up to. There he is. There he is. There he is. What a handsome boy. (laughs) He is handsome. And like we said, you and I both love schnauzers. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And, And real informative. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Hey, it's pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. Did you know that most dogs suffer from periodontal disease by the time they're three years old? By giving your dog Loving Pets products two sticks, your pet will give you the freshest and mintiest kisses. These multi-purpose treats are made and sourced in the United States, ensuring that you are giving your dog the best and safest option for his enjoyment and his health. Online at shoplp.com. Thank you, Loving Pets, another proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. In March of 2020, Americans began experiencing numerous lifestyle changes due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Some reports have suggested that pet acquisition and ownership increased during this period, as well as that shelters and rescues will be overwhelmed once pandemic-related restrictions are lifted and lifestyles shift yet again. But is this really the case? Joining us to talk about pet acquisition and ownership increases and other pet matters during the pandemic is one of our favorite guests, Dr. Christy Hoffman, Associate Professor of Animal Behavior, Ecology and Conservation at Canisius College, and Melissa Tebolt, Senior Manager for Research Strategy and Research for the ASPCA. Welcome back, Dr. Hoffman, and it's very nice to meet you, Melissa. Great to meet you, Charlotte. Thanks for having us. Great to be back. Well, Dr. Christie, let's start with you. So did pet acquisition and ownership increase, decrease, or more or less stay flat during the pandemic? And how did you come to this 
determination in your research? So in May of 2021, the ASPCA collected survey data from a nationally representative sample of of people across the country. They got 10,000 responses. And based on those responses, it looks like the number of households that have dogs decreased from prior to March of 2020 to May of 2021. The number of households with cats stayed pretty much about where, where it was prior to the pandemic. You know, that's extraordinary because we see all of these media reports that say pet ownership went through the roof. So, Melissa, maybe you can explain how pandemic related factors may have made it difficult to acquire a dog or cat during this time, which seems to be different than what we're hearing out there. Absolutely. Um, So what we found in the research was that many households did acquire a pet during the pandemic, almost one in five. And the top three sources remain the same. So friends and family, shelters, and breeders. Um, But one source that we know had a lot of um, operational shifts were shelters. They needed to shift operations based on what we knew at the time about the virus, so how it was transmitted, and what might slow the spread to keep their staff and clients safe while still caring for the animals. Yeah, and from what I understand, a lot of shelters um, had less people on board, less people working. And additionally, I would think, I mean, I was traveling all the time up until the pandemic and I know I wasn't traveling. I know a lot of people, um, you know, experts say if you're going to buy a dog from a breeder, it's always a great idea to go visit that breeder and see the home. So I can't imagine a lot of people traveling, nor did I get the impression that so many people were actually shipping dogs across the country because once again, they were afraid to interact with people and go to an airport where there are lots of people coming from all over the place. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not from this research, but from other experiences, we know that transport very much ramped down at the start as we were trying to assess the situation and has definitely rebounded, but still not at the levels that we saw pre-pandemic. Well, you know, Dr. Christie, talk to us about what you found out about rehoming dogs and cats during the study, because I thought this was really, really a key factor. I mean, a lot of from what I understand, nobody really addressed that issue, the issue of rehoming dogs and cats. Throughout the pandemic, pets have remained a really important source of love and companionship for people. And uh, they brought many individuals and families comfort during this difficult time, uh, unprecedented difficult times, really, during the pandemic. And we found from our study that the vast majority of pet owners remain committed to caring for their animals throughout the pandemic. So of those who did acquire a dog or cat during the pandemic, 90% who'd acquired a dog had still had that dog only collected the data and 85% of cat owners still had their cat. What we found really interesting with this study is that people, when they did need to rehome an animal, were turning to members of their community. They were very commonly, if they had to rehome, they were rehoming with family members, friends, neighbors, and they were doing this more often actually than they were really pushing animals to shelters or rescues. You know, it's interesting because, you know, when we're viewing your survey, I thought one of the most interesting things that's really not been talked about is, you know, a lot of people either lost their jobs or put on furloughs. And I know people were really concerned about, number one, not only veterinary expenses, but also pet expenses and also the ability not to be able to get those supplies that they normally have. And even vets were even worried. I mean, most vets stayed in business because they were considered essential services. But I know that was a big concern of a lot of folks out there, a lot of pet owners out there. 
Well, I'm like I said, ladies, I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, before you leave us, can you give me a website where people can uh, review your study? What about you, Dr. Christie? So uh, we published a paper in the journal Frontiers in Veterinary Science back in November that provides all the details we've talked about today and more. And so people can find our paper in that journal, Frontiers in Veterinary Science, and it's in a special issue, which is a really cool issue called Reimagining Shelter, Animal Sheltering, Support Services, and Community-Driven shelter Sheltering Methods. And so it's one of currently 15 papers in this special issue that are freely available to anyone who desires to read our paper or any of these other ones that really talk about ideas for moving animal sheltering forward. Wow, that's great. I think I'm going to get a hold of that uh, and read and check out that issue. I will find what the link is and I will put it up on our social media channels. So if you are interested in um, learning more about uh, shelters and rescue organizations, whether it's locally and nationally, and, or maybe you are volunteering at one and you want to come up with some new ideas, that might be uh, a special issue for you to check out and share with other shelter workers. Well, ladies, thanks again. And I'm so glad that you are here. Thanks for having us. Introducing the new PetBuzz.com website. ThePetBuzz.com. It's got a whole new look. More graphics, great pet pics, video versions of our guest interviews, more of Charlotte and Dr. Fleck, and ways for you to save money. ThePetBuzz.com. It's a whole new look. ThePetBuzz.com. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. You know, popular belief has been that small dogs such as Pomeranian Chihuahuas exist because once dogs were domesticated, humans wanted small, cute companions, right? That's mm -hmm. what you think. But in the Journal of Current Biology, released on January 27th, researchers at the National Institutes of Health, that's NIH, identify a genetic mutation in a growth hormone regulating gene that corresponds to small body size in dogs that was present in wolves over, get this, Dr. Fleck, 50,000 years ago. A long time ago. I know. Long before domestication. The finding holds not just for dogs and wolves, but also for coyotes, jackals, African hunting dogs, and other members of the family of animals referred to as canides. Canides. So one of the researchers remarked, this tying together so much about canine domestication and body size and the things that we think are very modern are actually very ancient. You know, I think that this study is going to be really fascinating because we have so many people who love small dogs mm -hmm. and to learn more about their origins, I think it's going to be fascinating. So we have to actually talk about this on an upcoming segment. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. And here's the best part. If you recall, Greg Larson, he's one of my favorite mm -hmm. guests from Oxford University. Mm -hmm. He's involved with this study. So, of course, I can't wait to learn more. And you know what I find really interesting, and, and I'm sure you're going to agree, is that this is part of this whole domestication studying the origins of canine domestication, thus being able to study the human man and how they progressed over a period of time. Just like we progress. But I mean, that's how domestication happened. You know, like when we did that, when we had that guest on um, who talked about how they thought man moved to North America mm -hmm. at a specific date. And now they're finding it's earlier because they found the canine bones. Yep. We had uh, Tatiana Feinberg on and she talked about um, the domestication of dogs and the things that they found with the dogs, suggesting that 
the Siberian area people were not necessarily just living locally. Do you remember that? I do remember that. So what do you think? It's going to be really fascinating, right? Terribly fascinating. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be great. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Hey, Dr. Fleck, you know what? I know you hate this time. I know you do because it's time to wrap the show. It is? I know. So quick. It is? Are you kidding me? So quick. We're done? Yeah. Oh, boy. So next week, we're going to talk about dogs and Black History Month and National Justice Week for Animals. I think that's going to be a good show. I think it'll be a great show. Yeah. Special thanks to our guests, Sarah Ann Reed, Remix the Dog, and Chris Harris, and Dr. Christy Hoffman and Melissa Tebow. Of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Shampoos, skin and coat sprays, sunscreen, ear cleaner and supplements for your dogs and cats. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. If you and your pets need even more buzz, we're online at thepetbuzz.com and our social media channels, Pet Buzz Plus, the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. You're likely listening to this at home, in your car, or somewhere warm. How would you feel if you were left in the bitter cold all night long, chained up? Please, take your dogs inside. Your dog is not going to be smarter or tougher because you made him suffer. Your dog is your partner. Treat him like a partner. If you're not respecting your animals, you're not respecting yourself. Do not leave your animal out in the cold. Please visit PETA to learn more. Hey, I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. Did you know that humans can give COVID to their dogs and cats? I got the shots to protect myself, others, and my dogs, Morrow, Wally, Hammy, and Church, as well as my cat, Hayden. My pets are my family, and I want to keep them safe. I encourage you to get the COVID-19 shot and the boosters.